Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. From our financial life, to our relationships, to our kids, to our health, we're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family. And in every episode, we will consider the research and share our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. And we'll ask you to share your breadwinning story. Each week, I'm joined by Jennifer Owens. She writes about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And I'm joined by Raquel Ellison. She is an executive coach and management consultant who works with companies big and small to design workplace policies that work for all employees. Well, Hmm. so this is our August of uh, reboots, of sequels, of something, I don't know, where we're being super awesome with our August episodes. And so we're coming back to topics that we first touched on in the first days of the pandemic and to see where we are. And so this week, we're returning to the topic of caregiving, in which we happily report that all has been determined, <laughs> supported, and figured out. I actually, and so the, short episode. Here short, we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, as you were saying the sequel, all I could, uh, all I had in my head was like, the caregiver strikes back. Like, <laughs> Rise of the caregiver. Oh my God. Could that happen, please? I mean, I think. I know. I mean, because I think we know the stat, the scary, scary stat that we were, we've seen everywhere, which is that 40% 40 of childcare centers in the US say they'll be forced to permanently shutter because they work on such a slim margin and they're supported by private parent payments. Say that 20 times fast. You know, so if the parents aren't, if they don't have customers, they don't have revenue, mm-hmm. they can't keep going. Yeah. Because these are private businesses. We don't have enough public child care in this country. So even if we could get the kids out of the house, where would they go? And that's, I, I, that has changed. Don't you, that, that prospect has changed since the beginning of the pandemic. Cause at first it was just everything shut down. Yeah. But we didn't have the thought that, ooh, Will anything not be there when we need right. it? Right. I mean, I think it's, you know, not to take away from the from the from the childcare problem, but I think what what is astonishing to me is how true that is in a number of different industries where it was yeah. like we weren't even thinking that this was going to be something that like could yeah. possibly, if not decimate, like severely limit an industry for it for you know for an indeterminate (laughs) amount of time and you know it's it's really it's really like one of my best friends is a broadway producer and and seeing how her industry has been impacted kind of indefinitely by this but anyway i mean back to the child care piece i think yeah we had absolutely no idea and and it's so fundamental to our abilities to be working parents and breadwinners. Yes. It's, it's, it's just. Yeah. There, there was a statement early on in the pandemic uh, of somebody was saying, you know, there's this, there's this promise or this part of the equation where the whole point of being a working parent was that your kids went somewhere for a little while, you know, if yeah. it was school or, or childcare or you had childcare in your home, you know, whatever it was, who knew that we were taking that for granted that you could yeah. have someone care for your kid for a little bit and under the guise of education. <laughs> so some days I just want someone to take these kids away just for a moment. 
That's for a moment. Yeah, seriously. Uh, and and that's completely gone. And it's so what is the equation? If you can't solve, if X is taken away, you can't solve for anything. Yeah. No, you can't. And we may have talked about this before, but I, I don't know if you gave this advice at Working Mother. <laughs> No, Me? no, not Give you. <laughs> but if if there was any, but you know, when people used to ask me, I was coaching folks about like remote work and flex work, and they would say like, there would uh, there we would actually have a conversation. She was like, you know, where a coachee would say, coaching client would say, I, but I don't want to get childcare while I'm home working because that's just an extra cost. And I was like, well, yeah, if you don't have childcare, it's it's pretty hard, like. I would yeah. basically say working from home does not mean working without childcare. And you know what I mean? Yes. And because it, I did say that I did say that at working mother. Yeah, I really we did all because said that in the yeah. in the back in the day before this. Um, right. I mean I think I, I would have said that, you know, six months ago. You you can't I think I did. You can't, yeah. you know, it's hard to get the work done and you yeah. know, kids would <laughs> Oh yeah. Kids would be knocking on parents' doors at that point, which they're doing now. But I mean, it's still so weird. I'm talking about it as if, you know, as if kid knocking on their parents' door or trying to interrupt their parent while they're working is somehow novel in any way. It hasn't become yeah. something that we're dealing with like m- many, many times in one day. I don't, I, I was talking to you before about a uh, friend of mine who is uh, sharing custody of her young son, I'm going to say he's like in first grade and she's been doing a daily diary of their, you know, how she gets through the day. And it's part of the working part of keeping him entertained. And it's, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's, I, I always love it when it pops up, but I just think there's some, even though every, every day is different, but the monotony of having to do that every day is just seems enormous yeah. to me. Yeah. And I can only be a witness to it because I do have older kids and I just, I'm sorry for everyone with the younger kids. It's really, I almost, my brain can't go there of what this is for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's no fun. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it would be interesting. You know, I wonder what the data is going to, going to show about, you know, people, <laughs> what the impact is on kids and parents. Um, we were just talking about this, you know, you're in New York and I'm not anymore, which is really sad, but um, you know, there it's, there are different restrictions based on how right. populated an area is. So we just went to my parents' house, which has a big yard because we're, we were sort of welcoming my parents into the pod. Brag. And brag. <laughs> my parents have a big yard. Um, but no, at one point, you know, like when one of my kids gets really upset and he like, he gets, you know, he's like expressing yeah. how he's feeling and he's going from room to room in my house. And then when we went to my parents' house, it was like, go run in the yard and like yeah. work it out. And it's it, like the seventies. It's my childhood right I there. Know. Just and go so outside. It, but I think it'll be, you know, it'll just be really different for kids who who are living in the city versus kids who are living in like my area, which is yeah. a city, but it's yeah, not yeah. totally densely populated. But and then, you know, work you like in the suburbs and the country. Yeah. The Kool-Aid packets. This is what this is what 
pass for snacks. My mother will listen to this. This was the lady who took care of us, who we adored and took very good care of us. But in the 70s, my friend and I, we, um, the woman's daughter, um, you take Kool-Aid packets, the ones that had the full sugar, cut the tops off. Sure. And it was like those um, dipsticks, to- you know, candies yeah, now. Yeah. You just wet your finger, stick it in the thing and just basically eat colored sugar oh. all afternoon. Yeah. Sitting outside. Well, we mm-hmm. were talking about... <laughs> No, no, no. Child care. That I mean, was we, child care. <laughs> well, we were talking about camps before and what the impact is on camps and the fact that I I grew up and you were talking about your daughter. Like I grew up where yeah. camp was fundamental to, yes. to how I grew up, to a lot of parts of, of my identity. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is because we ate that Kool-Aid like from the ah. jar, <laughs> like like we, you know, the snacks at camp were ridiculous. You send your kid to a to an overnight camp, and they're like eating laffy taffy, like yes. like before they oh. go to sleep. So you know, Gwen was just telling me uh, this week uh, because you know we're talking a lot because we're all in this apartment together. Sure, that um, she came to kind of like iced coffee at camp, and I like what oh, like I, and just. I never do that. And, but you know what? That was the whole point of camp yeah. is that it's independent and she has these very deep, she's been going to that sleepaway camp for various lengths of time, two weeks or more f- since fourth grade. And she was a counselor in training last year. Like it was, it was fundamental to her yeah. and and it's fundamental to us where this is the first summer we've had her all summer since fourth grade. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's very, it's in fact, last night, um, it's, this is so silly, but to tell the truth, uh, was on the new, the reboot of to tell the truth. And I, oh, and I, I turned her, I said, you know, this is a, um, this is a tradition that when this show comes back in the summer, Owen and Brett and I, we all watch this and, and hoot laugh. Owen laughs about two, two cycles of it. And then he leaves us. But it's like, I think of it as our summertime, yeah. the three of us. And like you're here, like so. This you don't know about this tradition we have, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I. I mean, yeah. It's interesting. Like the summers, you know. People have said, have mentioned that it's summertime. <laughs> like yeah. people are like, have how's your summer going? And I was like, is it? And I'm like, it's July. You know, like it's yeah, like the second half of July. And I'm like, oh wait, it's summer like it just yeah it's such a surreal it's surreal that we're going through this you know i'm sure your daughter feels like why these traditions that like yeah, what are you talking about yeah. yeah i mean it's yeah it's, it's yeah, i have to share well and then you have that we're also working like yeah. the cycle of it you know and and geez louise facebook do you have to remind us of all the things that we did in July? Because that was always our month oh, to go on vacation. Yeah. Because in magazine world, August is a super busy month because you're prepping for the big issues in the fall. So, right. I mean, so we would always do vacation and we go see our our family in Ohio and we do all these sort of things. But for a while there, and and we kind of did fun with it. But you know, you know, what we were doing last year. <laughs> Right. It's like, oh, I, I don't need to be reminded of this. So, yeah. I, and I'll tell you even with the older kids. So we have this thing, you know, where the the family meeting uh, tradition that I started when the school year was happening, which was a helpful structure 
for us. It fades. You know, I I have to recommit. And I'm the one who drives it. So there's no one else Mm. to pick it up if I don't do it. And that's tiring. There is the, especially with the, the boy, is I have a reminder every day. And you wouldn't think I have to remind myself every day. But every day a little like 10 minute conversation with him. So what's your day going to look like today? Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Because he is self-directed, but the the direction never moves out of his chair in front of his computer. It's right. like, you know, like, yeah. are you going to exercise today? Like what, what kind of movement could you get in your day to day? And so, and that is with a semi-adult, he's a teenager now. And I still yeah. feel, find it exhausting because I have to stop my day, figure out what he's doing, then check in and yeah. then tag him with his dad to say, hey, have you checked in on Owen? And, yeah. and we love him. He says, and he's doing great. He's, he's fine. Yeah. But no. But it. I used to be able to send him to camp. Right. And then he'd come, come home. Um, so he goes to day camp. And so yeah. he, he'd stroll home around 3.30. And then, yeah, you can hang in your room all afternoon. You, yeah, you know, you were exactly. away. You did some stuff. Yeah, for yep. sure. I mean. I'm I exhausted just thinking about it. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, and I was just talking about this. You know, with, with both kids, I think, you know, just the idea that, like, physical activity kind of has to be planned yeah well and also like it's it's a utilitarian kind of or whatever it's like it's about the practical like you must exercise so that your body will function like right (laughs) where i feel like we are like we're not you know it's for the beginning the kids were like i'll go out and skateboard and ride the bike and now it's like you need to leave the house to do because your body needs you to leave the house it's just like and so giving that argument, you know, I keep looking for like, can we go blueberry over and picking? over again? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. It's like, and it's not, you know, it's insane. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure there are, I know that I have friends who like, they, you know, they did a pod with their whole extended family and the Adirondacks and like, so they're like all out and doing stuff and like, so that's awesome. But I think, you know, it, it, it exhausts just, me even to think about the planning of that. I mean, it was yeah. hard enough to do all the family vacation planning as a, as the mother anyways, but to plan for the whole pod. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. It's, but good, it's, good for them, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, it's all good, but I, but I think this, that kind of planning is required to create environments where kids can feel free to do that. And without, you know, the opportunity or possibility of putting together a plan like that, you're like, you must go outside so that you can better sleep at night. This is the kind of like, and, you know, so I keep looking for these activities to do, but, you know, with, we're, you know, very conscious of, of social distancing um, as we all are, but like, you know, I'm not, if it's a crowded beach, I'm not, gonna go you know unless we can very easily yeah keep that so get away thing thing. <laughs> and it's interesting in this one town i said i was near my parents house so in massachusetts oh actually i think i could say walden pond oh. the row walden pond they are one of the only swimming places open near my parents and you're supposed to follow like a Twitter feed or something and to see like when like on Twitter, somebody at Walden Pond is going to say like, OK, we're good. Like you can't come anymore. Wow. Like, or something. Oh, but anyway, wow. so but we're talking about, you know, all these outdoor activities for our kids, you know, 
whether they came via camp or just via kind of general not worrying yeah. about, about contamination way of the summer, you know, or the family vacation. We used to take the kids to Western Mass for like a month. I would work remotely. Yeah. And I, I did get a memory of like going, taking them to the butterfly, oh. whatever it was, conservation, conservation. I don't know. Butterfly. Conservatory. 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 Wait, do I we don't even know. know what the words anymore? We've <laughs> lost the ability to speak. That's what's happening. We have. Oh, good Lord. Yes. But yeah, that's that kind of, that's what we, that's what we used yeah. to do. Stuff like that. Well, and the caregiving part of it, like everything we could do has been blocked off. We have to like find new ways to, to do it. And you, you'd like to do something entertaining. There's the day to day pressure. There's the of of like making sure they're they're not just sitting under a comforter in front of their computer with their AC on. Am I speaking from experience? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I love them to pieces, but oh my lord, move! And also feeding them that has not gotten any better. No, you have to feed. You know, like I, if it's just me and I'm. You know, you you feed yourself, but constantly making sure that, like, did you eat? Even just asking them every day, it's just a lot. It and then preparing lot. something for them, and or you can make it. Do you have what you need to make it? And yeah, I guess the the caregiving. I think what's changed since the beginning of the pandemic, yeah, is that that was more of a shock. Right. 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 Now it's just it's it's to be expected. And I think that on you know, on my Zoom calls, I definitely don't let this happen on coaching calls when it's like somebody else's hour. And I'm like, oh, I mean, I really, I really try to like double lock, padlock the door that oh, of the room that I'm yeah. in. But I think, you know, when I'm on meetings, which are also very important, I just, you know, I'll have one of my kids knock on the door and, and then they'll, I'll like lean, I'll say, hang on a second. I mute myself and <laughs> be like can i have a snack yeah <laughs> and i'm like oh this this is an emergency that i had to tend to right now but i mean i think you know i my kids are at that age where like some of the stuff they can do by themselves some of the stuff they can't like but they can definitely make snacks but then they get into it's just it's like every day is a sick day you know when you work is, from home with yeah. the kid would be home yeah every day is that day yeah now. no it's true it's true i mean i think you know, I think what's interesting is we're being asked as parents, at least, I think honestly, by both both work, or it's my work is asking parents, I'm assuming, and I, I think this is true of a lot of work environments, or a lot of companies and institutions that they're asking parents these questions. And, you know, school systems and schools are asking parents these questions of like, what would you like? Would you yeah. like to see hybrid? Would you like to see all remote would you like to see and it's like this impossible decision to make first of all employers and school systems could you guys talk to each other and figure out how you're gonna handle it? like right because it's not like i get to make it oh i would i mean there's there's a piece around as a parent i want to decide what my kid's exposure level is but then i also have to decide if my you know we're, we're seeing this already employees right. are going back to work without these pieces in place and it's just it's how how does anybody expect it's not about preference it's literally it's yeah it's about like how could we possibly predict no right yeah uh, and and you're predicting based on 
are the cases ever going to go down? Is my is my school going to open? There's this recent survey from the University of Oregon, Oregon that 47% of parents didn't know if they'd be able to return to work because they don't have they don't know what the childcare situation is going to be. Yeah. I mean that that's half of the parents they talk to have no sense. And and I'm I'm surprised it's you know in in this discussion thinking about it how do you know I I'm in New York City and we got that same survey and and then there was some verbiage because there was also a way to answer that survey that they sent you and they said if you wanted full time remote and I'm probably gonna get this wrong like you're in it for full time remote but if you said you're right. okay with the hybrid then you could revert to to full time remote. And I like, well, then obviously you say hybrid right. and keep the option open. Yes. I'm not sure. You know, why don't we all just say, <laughs> why, why don't we all just say hybrid with, we may go full-time remote if necessary. I, you know, like yeah. I, you're already putting this weird weight on me where you're already winking to me on how to answer the question, I guess, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know. And and we're we've been okay that uh like my husband's job has not called them back into the office. They've been very you know they just keep pushing out. But even there, he they have these all hands meetings where they announce, okay, for sure it's not going to be until whatever. And I they don't do my sense as person hearing all this from them that it's not that they are dragging their feet. It's that they honest to goodness don't know. Yeah, they they don't know either. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think what's what's crazy about this, well, there's so many things that are crazy about this, but like, it would be one thing if we were totally confident that these school systems knew what they were doing when the yep. kids come back, you know, whether it's online right. or in person. A friend and colleague of mine just wrote a report where she surveyed and I want to I want to read it and bring her on to talk about it where she surveyed parents I just saw yesterday she surveyed parents in her charter school about kind of what worked for them and what didn't work in terms of the actual online instruction that happened since the shutdown yeah and you know and I mean I think what's interesting is we're not, that's not even such a big conversation that we're having. It's like how, you know, I'm definitely hearing like my, my friend whose kids are in private school, you know, I'm hearing about private schools with like all day online instruction, you know, mm -hmm. so like literally your kid is looking at somebody's face for the entire day. Like they can't wow. disappear, but it's like without, the, I mean, that, that's not what my kids have. And yeah, and they're definitely definitely schools where it seems like they know they've figured out how to deal with this and schools schools and teachers and classrooms where they they haven't and so we're making this huge it's like we're making a choice like oh this is the school system this is the educational experience that I want for my kid that I'm you know choosing to either do online or in person and then like but we're yeah. like these, these a, a lot of these schools have no idea what they're doing so like with no. all this, it just and, and if you talk to your teacher friends, yeah, uh, they are. It's so much stress on them because they, it, you know, amen to the teachers oh my who God. are being yeah. asked basically to go ahead and uh, let's all we're gonna be all in we're gonna be 
in person at some point with rotating cast of kids yeah. possibly coming in, uh, but also be prepared to teach online. And, and, and again, you know, he, my heart is open to the idea that no one fully knows, yeah. but also don't we kind of know, aren't we looking at these rates of infection yeah. and saying we know, and w- what we know is it's online. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are. I, yeah, it's so hard. I mean, there is a piece of me that wants to write hybrid just because I want the kids to. I know I do too. And I think everyone does. No, I know. I know. And it's, but it's, yeah. I mean, there's a, it's terribly scary to think about, think about like, you know, I think sometimes, you know, we're like, Oh, like it's so abstract now that we're making these decisions and it's like, you know, there's a piece of it where it's like, I don't know, hybrid, like a remote, because all of this is so surreal and is happening and unfolding in a way that we like can't seem to predict. I mean, like the kid, like right. the parents who sent their kids to camps where we were talking about, uh, you know, yep. there are, I definitely have friends who are sending their kids to camps um, with masks Me too. And, yep. and, you know, trying to do social distancing and stuff. But we were talking about you had a friend that went, you know, whose kid went to a camp and there was infections there. I mean, that's happening, right? Like it's, yes. it's happening, but I have, I do not, you know, begrudge the parents who were like, could we just not please, at all? Could we yep. do this please? Because I can't have this kid, like this kid needs, you know, other kids, other kids needs, and, and other adults. Like I always, we always, the, one of the joys of childcare and education is also is role modeling with other adults, other yeah. adults who know interesting things. And, and that, that was one of the things I learned very early on at having uh baby number one at uh childcare where I learned from the childcare providers. I learned from, and to like, right now I don't have that network anymore of interesting people talking about interesting things with my kid and them learning interesting things. Yeah. It's a gap. And then also that they meet interesting, other interesting kids with other interesting, Yeah, you know, talk about, uh, oh, that's a whole topic we could do. It's like the diversity. Like we keep talking about, we talk about that with, in terms of like employers and the like, but also just the diversity of our experience of being out and about and talking to people and hearing new ideas and, uh, you know, this ser- serendipity of something, you yeah. know, like, oh, yes. well, <laughs> uh, and, and I tell you, I, I was note. on that <laughs> note. I, I think um, as someone who traffics in a lot of stock art about working mothers, uh-huh. it's always they always do the one where the mom is doing something on the computer and then there's some yes. cute baby or kid right. or, you know, and that I was had a note to myself that, because it's so dire now. Like that was meant to be. How cute is that? And we're kind of, you know, what a funny situation. And now you look at those and you just think, oh. God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so our friend Jessica Shortall, who has written a great book that we will oh eat uh, yeah. no, it's Work Pump Repeat is the name yes. of her book, and she has done she did a TED talk also about paid leave, and she's amazing. But she uh, she did a a stock art series about what it's really like for working moms, <laughs> like when they're breastfeeding and they come back to work and they're like, so she's got these pictures of her like standing in a meeting, like leaking. I mean, <laughs> it was all staged, but like, but I feel like we should do, you know, stock art like, like that. I'm going to see if Jessica wants to do another. Yes. <laughs> we'll set her up. Yeah. Seriously. We'll do a social distance uh, photo shoot. You know, that'll be great. Yeah. All right. Well, once again, ending on an up note, a new stock <laughs> 
that's what the, that's what we need is better stock art. Stock that, art. That'll help explain the entire pandemic <laughs> caregiving equation away. That'll be awesome. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you for joining us on The Breadwinners. You will find links to what we're talking about today in this episode description wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit us anytime at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com to ask a question, offer feedback, or share your stories. Seriously, how are you making it work? Because we'd love to know. Love to know. We have no idea how we're making it work. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. Let us know what you think about the breadwinners. Help us tell the stories that mean the most to you. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.